Hello and welcome to the Activist Podcast, brought to you by Vegan FTA, vegan for the animals. I'm your host, Gareth Skir, and I will be joined by my wonderful co-host and wife, Jackie Norman. In this episode, we have the wonderful Bobby Sud. Bobby is an incredible photographer and cinematographer who captures the true depth of the animal's plight during vigils and filming projects. During this interview, we are given an in-depth and personal account of what it's like to take part in an animal save vigil and connect with the animals. We hope this episode touches you as much as it did us. And be sure to check out our social media pages at VeganFTA on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube, where you can also find this series in video format. All right, so we're here with Bobby today. Bobby, can you tell us a little bit about yourself for our viewers and uh, what got you to become vegan? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm an organizer for Los Angeles Animal Safe and a uh, vigil photographer and uh, cinematographer with uh, Sean Monson, who uh, directed Earthlings. Um, I've been vegan for almost five years. Um, and my brother, uh, Adam, who is known as Plant-Based Addict, he got me to be plant-based and then uh, I became a vegan, or I guess I should say I became an activist uh, the first time I went to a, a pig vigil with LA Animal Safe. Oh, wow. So. Um... How did you first off um, end up getting involved with like the LA uh, pig save and stuff like that? Was it just a gradual thing as you becoming vegan or did you see the event come up and just jump straight into it? Um, a good friend of, well, now a good friend of both of ours, but a good friend of my brother Adam's his name is uh, John Pierre. He's a, uh, a vegan nutritionist. He's been doing it for like 30 years. I met him and uh, I, we were talking and I was telling him that I, you know, that I had a degree in filmmaking from college and I had just come back from Nepal and I was shooting a documentary there and he asked me if I knew who Sean Monson was and I said well of course I mean I've seen Earthlings most vegans have seen Earthlings and he said that his partner had just started LA Animal Save and uh, that they were going to have this vigil tonight and if I wanted to go with him and he would introduce me to Sean and I was like well of course definitely mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I went to it wasn't the very first pig vigil but it was one of the first pig vigils um and I met, he introduced me to Sean and Amy, and um, Amy Jean Davis is the founder of LA Animal Safe. And, uh, you know, I told him, well, JP told him that I was a filmmaker, and so Sean asked me, you know, would you like to just film this vigil, and then, you know, and you can give me the footage. And I was like, sure. Uh, so I did that, and then shortly after, he asked if I wanted to be his cinematographer on this next project. And Amy asked if I wanted to be a photographer for LA Animal Save. And that was kind of how it all got started. Oh, wow, what amazing opportunity. Yeah, that is. yeah, straight yeah. into some, some serious stuff there. So, um, I mean, I've seen some of your photography and the images are just, they stay in my mind from the moment that I've seen them, you know, from, um, from your vigils. And, you know, the, the focus of um, Animal Save is all about bearing witness. Can you explain a bit for our viewers, you know, what does that mean exactly? And and what does bearing witness mean to you as well? Well, so bearing witness is based off of a Leo Tolstoy quote. It says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't know it by heart, but essentially it says, when you see someone who's in pain or you see someone that's suffering, do not give in to that initial urge to flee. Instead, go closer, get as close as you can to the one who's suffering and do do what you can to help. Uh, And that's the essence of bearing witness is that, we want to spread awareness and we, you know, we want to bear witness to the pigs on the truck to what the reality of 
animal agriculture is. And this is the end stage of that process. They're arriving at the slaughterhouse. Um, and so we offer them water and kindness. We get two minutes with each truck, uh, thanks to the Vernon P Police Department. Uh, they've been, we've developed a relationship with them. We've gotten three police officers to go vegan. Um, wow. but, and, but we have a special relationship. They make sure that each truck stops for two minutes. Uh, otherwise, we would have to, you know, stand in front of the trucks and hope they didn't try and knock us over or something. So it's really a special relationship that we have at, for the LA Animal Save uh, Vigils. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of criticism. Uh, well, two minutes isn't a lot of time, and, you know, you're not saving any lives. And, you know, do you really think you're going to end animal agriculture standing on the sidewalk crying in front of pigs? And I look at them and I say, no, I don't think I'm going to end animal agriculture that way. In fact, that's not my intention at all there you know when i'm there the way that i can be the way my connection to that event is the animals on the truck in front of me the minute it becomes about anything greater than that i lose my connection to what i'm doing and i lose my effectiveness of what i'm doing and it's true the two minutes to us you know human beings we get about 80 years if we're lucky uh which in the grand scheme of things is just a blink of an eye also these, these pigs only get six months because they're slaughtered at six months old. But let's remember that these are living beings who have never experienced kindness before. Mm. And now they get two minutes. So let's just try and realize how big those two minutes are to them. You know, we can't take everything from our perspective. So to us, two minutes is not a, it's not a significant amount of time. It's very insignificant, but not for them. Yeah. And if, you know, if the result of doing this is the end of animal agriculture or does shut down a slaughterhouse that's fantastic of course that's what we want but that's not why i'm there i'm there for the two minutes i can give to the pigs on the truck in front of me that's what i find so when people think that these vigils may not be worth it they're missing the point all you know, entirely there's a struggle with the futility involved in knowing that i'm not going to save an animal tonight i'm going to see animals that are suffering and there's really nothing i can do to take to end their suffering so there is that struggle involved with it, for sure. Definitely. But at least thanks to you guys, you know, even if it's just two minutes, like you say, they have known kindness in their life. Absolutely. You know? And I can see that it's just so incredibly important. So, um, mm. yeah, thank you. And thank you for explaining the uh, the bearing witness turn. That makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah, we stole it from Tolstoy. But, I mean, if you're going to steal from somebody, you know. Yeah, <laughs> better. So, um, so what's it like, you know, when you're, you've got the, the vigil coming up on the weekend, you know, is there that um, sort of trepidation beforehand, you know, like, uh, do you feel the, the storm sort of brewing beforehand? You know, it's weird um, because the, the first time you, you go, you're going to feel, you know, you're going to have these odd feelings, but they're not based on anything in reality. They're based on your imagination. And our imagination is always worse than reality, no matter how bad reality actually is. But it's, I was talking about the last time my brother was in LA and I took him to a vigil and we got there an hour early um, and we saw the first truck. And I, t I told him, I said, it's always that first truck, you know, because it's just a normal day until you see that first truck coming around the corner. And that first truck brings with it like the awful weight of its reality, you know, and if you're there for the first time, it brings with it a conflict in you that says I'm either going to deny what I see or I'm going to try and stand up against what I see. Mm. And that is so important because there's one, the undeniability of it. 
And uh, when people decide to say, no, I'm going to stand my ground and I'm going to lean into the awful weight of this reality, that's what makes a vegan into an activist. And for me, I think that's the most important part of the vigil. Vegans are great. Like, we should celebrate every time somebody becomes a vegan. And I'm not, you know, as strange as it may sound coming from a vegan, I don't want to tell people how to live their lives. But uh, I think we have this idea that veganism is the high ground. You know, and it's, it's really, it's the baseline because we as human beings are supposed to be vegans. So veganism gets us back to zero. And activism is how we can heal the world. So if, I think if there is a moral high ground, we find it in activism. And if you go to a vigil, it's hard to go and say, okay, I did it and I'll see you later. You know, I'm just gonna go back. It usually turns vegans into activists or non-vegans into vegans. And in, um, in doing the research for this series, we've got um, many people like Jerry Carstrong coming in and a lot of them um, all put forward, you know, that everyone should be attending a vigil. That's why hopefully later on this year we'll be attending our first one too, because um, a lot of people describe, you know, it really lights the fire in them and uh, really propels them forward. And I, I, I assume with you, well, exactly that's what's happened. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the first time I was there, it was when I, I, the rest of my life came, became very clear to me what I was going to be doing, what I was going to be dedicating my life to. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I had started producing a vegan travel show. I was just going to be all about food and fun and, you know, things like that. And then I went to this vigil and everything changed for me. So, Because that's um, the Road Less Eaten, is it? Road Less Eaten, yeah. Yeah, I've seen your trailer for it and... Um... Yeah, I must say, I hope it's still going ahead because I, I'm quite excited for it. We tried, um, well, we started a series for Vegan FTA called Eat the Change, which was hopefully going to be sort of a similar vein in New Zealand. But see, now you're like nailing it. I'm like, right, I'll leave it to the professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're trying. Um, we, that, I mean, I produced that two years ago. And uh, at that time, you know, there wasn't like, uh, you know, like at Carl's Jr. and Taco Bell, they didn't have Impossible or Beyond Burgers then. And so when we would talk to like NBC or other networks, they they all loved the show and the concept, but there was no advertising to attach to it. So mm. it's a little different now. So we're, we're trying again. Yeah. Oh, I look forward to it. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, you're, you're in L.A. There's the, the vegan capital of the U.S. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, your, your vigils will be... Um, quite different here in New Zealand you know we, we certainly have our, our groups our vigils you know there are plenty that are carried out but some of them are there's one lady that we're going to be interviewing um, soon down the track and you know she turns up I believe she's 72 years old and she bears witness every single weekend on her own a lot of the time um, sometimes she has company but so what does going to a vigil entail you know you, you sort of explained about how you know the waiting for the the, the first truck for your first time is is um, the hardest thing so, if, if people say, right, I want to go to a vigil, what's going to be expected of me? What, what do I have to do? Um, yeah, what, what happens? Well, essentially, I mean, we don't, nothing is really expected of you. Uh, what you're going to do is, so if you go to an LA animal safe vigil, you know, a truck will come up, the police will stop the truck, and you'll have two minutes. You do not have to approach the truck. Some people find it too difficult. And then we say, if, if, if you don't want to, we're not here to force you to do anything you're uncomfortable with. If you want to just stay back and maybe refill water bottles and just be supportive, that's perfectly fine too. Uh, but I do encourage people to go up to the truck, even if they if they just want to approach it, not give water, just go up and see because you know the undeniability of it that, that I spoke of before. Um, denial is easy, 
when all we have to do is turn off the screen and we're separated by the event by distance and time and we can tell ourselves because we weren't there oh it was you know they were sensationalizing it or they were you know selecting you know certain they only they made it look this way but when you're there in person and you can you know your all of your senses are engaged you know you can smell it you can taste the air you can feel the heat on their bodies you can hear them screaming and it's it's much harder to deny when you're there and so you'll go from a place of knowing of it to knowing it and that, that's a very powerful difference you know like if, like I, I was saying you know, my family's jewish so i could watch and i've probably seen every holocaust film that ever came out you know and i don't know what the holocaust is like it's like saying i know what it's like to be blind because i closed my eyes you know you don't know what it's like to be blind you know you have to go and experience it so and i think it's important for vegans to see in person what they stand for Definitely. I know. I mean, until we went vegan, I knew nothing about slaughterhouse vigils. I didn't even realize that you could go to a slaughterhouse because it's one of those things that yeah. it's, it's behind closed doors. It's, it's one of those things that we don't know, you know, where they exist. We try not to think about them. You know, that's not nice. Who, want, who wants to do that? And most people don't even realize that, you know, there is probably at least one slaughterhouse in every locality, you know, that's just down the road from them, that everybody could actually be doing this in, in their area. And it's great that you have so much support from the police. And, you know, it sounds like you have a, yeah, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of vigil and, and, you know, organizers even over here as well could, could learn a lot from uh, what LA Animal Save is doing. So. Well, so I don't know what the laws are in New Zealand, but we have ag gag laws here, agricultural gag laws, which make it illegal for us to know what's going on in slaughterhouses. It's the only industry in the country where public oversight is not allowed. And, uh, and, and most people are just okay with that because it's, these are not answers to questions that they really want. And it's unfortunate. Oh, wow. Let's, um, yeah, we had no idea about that in the States. Like, so how does that affect for you, you know, doing the, the photography and stuff like that? Are there any sort of legalities that you have to sort of skirt around when it comes to taking the photos there? Not, not at a vigil because they're still in public property. They're on the street. They're not actually in the slaughterhouse or on the slaughterhouse property. But like when I, uh, when I work with Sean, there's certain, like we, a lot of the times we have to do things where we don't get, we can't be seen or, you know, when we have, we have legal, you know, legal things set up in case we get sued for eco-terrorism. And it's interesting that we were, we were filming chickens once and uh, we had set up cameras to, you know, capture chickens being picked up by the, the company that owns the chickens. And I asked him, I said, say doing all these horrible illegal things to these chickens, like what, and then they caught us spying on them. What would happen? He said, Oh, we'd still be charged. We'd still go to jail. Mm. And it's just, it's just nuts. And it's really because there's so much money involved. I mean, when you think about, like, we have subsidies. They, the meat and dairy industry get about $60 billion in subsidies every year, which is why you can go to McDonald's and get a burger for a dollar. That burger would never cost a dollar without that money. Mm. Well, um, yeah, here in New Zealand, it is it's all it's farming capital. You know, it is a farming nation. And in the States, you've got, you know, the, the big money houses like Rockefellers and all that sort of thing. Out here, we have... Uh, beef and lamb and um, or the of the milk industry and yeah so we can really understand that sort of aspect and I've been there in New Zealand uh, a friend of mine is from Taupo and I stayed with him there and I remember saying I've never seen so many sheep in my life like I mean yeah. everywhere it was insane the, the sad thing is now though um, 
you know, it's, it's mainly the dairy now. And so now it's cows everywhere and um, you have to go all the way down south to see all the sheep now. And um, Yeah, you really do. You know, it's changed a lot. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Dairy, you know, you know. Uh, I think the dairy industry is going to be the first to change. Yeah, we really hope so. And um, yeah, some great work's been done at the moment, you know, to really uh, highlight that. And yeah, yeah it's got to come down. Definitely. And then that's, you know, we, we've got some fantastic uh, New Zealand activists that we'll be speaking to through the series as well, you know, and we're, we're trying to change that, you know, we're not the home of animal agriculture. We're, you know, there are some of us that are, are doing everything that we can possibly to, to change that. So... Stop the podcast. We'd like to take a moment to give a shout out to one of our partners, Animal Activism Mentorship. The Animal Activism Mentorship seeks to achieve animal liberation through empowering people to become activists and building a community of individuals who are willing to make the change. With free workshops, resources and personal mentoring available from some of the most highly acclaimed and experienced activists in the vegan world, the AAM is invaluable for both would-be and seasoned activists alike. Head on over to animalactivismmentorship.com and sign up today. Now, back to the podcast. I know another thing that um, people think of, and in myself as well, um, having yet to do these things is, you know, you said you have a great relationship with the, uh, with the police department where you are. What kind of reception do you get at these vigils? You know, things like we hear of, of things over here about you know, truck drivers being a problem with our activists and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. We get that sometimes. A lot of times, you know, some of these truck drivers have been doing this for as long as we've been there and they've gotten used to the routine and, you know, they understand that they're only going to have to stop for two minutes. Uh, it's not really asking that much. Um, but when we get new drivers, we get, you know, we get hand gestures or we, they, they start yelling out, you know, that a lot of the time it's, they yell at us to get a job and we're like, it's midnight. <laughs> like we, all, we were all working, <laughs> you know, but, uh, the LA animal save, and I'm pretty sure that this is a save movement, uh, sort of rule is no matter what, no matter what anyone says to us, if they give us the finger, if they're yelling and screaming at us, calling us names, we just respond with a peace sign. That's all we do because we're a love based movement and we have no hate for truck drivers. We have no hate for slaughterhouse workers. We understand that this industry does not exist because there are truck drivers and slaughterhouse workers. This industry exists because people want to eat meat. It's that simple. If people didn't want it, there'd be, if there was no demand for it, there would be no industry to sell it. And so we have no hate for them. And a lot of the time, you know, the, the slaughterhouse workers, we're actually having a vigil for slaughterhouse workers very soon because they're all suffering from COVID with the uh, outbreak. And it's really about 50% of the uh, employees at Farmer John have now gotten COVID. And uh, a lot of them are, they're really taken advantage of, especially in border states where we have a lot of undocumented workers working in slaughterhouses. And they'll hire them for six months and then fire them so they never have to give them health insurance. And the highest rate of domestic abuse occurs in slaughterhouse workers. The highest rate of amputations occurs in slaughterhouse workers. It's very terrible working conditions. They get paid. Nobody grows up wanting to work in a slaughterhouse. Mm. These are people that are either ex-convicts or undocumented uh, immigrants or, or just, you know, people that are just victims of the system and they're being taken advantage of. And so when people say that vegans need to care about humans, well, animal liberation is human liberation. You know, if it, you know they don't, they don't want this job. It's all they can get. And the, but 
if this if this industry goes down, it's replaced by something else, you know. And so uh, that's another point I want people to know is that you know these employees there are not, you know, they're not happy there. They're being very taken advantage of. Oh yeah, it's not the kind of place I would imagine you would look forward to going to work every day. Um, and that's great that, you know, you bring up such a valuable point. And uh, a friend of ours uh, did a vigil recently, you know, one of the guys that she was talking to was a sort of house worker and he came over and, and asked what she was doing. And um, she explained and he just said, well, I've got a family to feed. What else am I supposed to do? This is, this is the only work I can get. What am I supposed to do? So yeah, it's a, it's a great point to bear in mind. And um, yeah, it's about changing the system. Uh, not necessarily yeah. this now and um yeah it, it goes hand in hand liberation for humans goes hand in hand with liberation for the animals and it's all working towards the same point yeah. yeah and that's an argument we hear a lot you know especially like well what are the farmers supposed to do if you know you end animal agriculture as well that's a very insulting statement you're, you're saying that farmers can only graze animals and are incapable of doing anything else and that, you know, we have to keep slaughterhouses open because they need jobs. Well, we have a lot of soldiers that need jobs. Should we start a war? No. You know, that's, I mean, there, there are other jobs. There will be, this industry will go away and will be replaced with another one. You know, and it will be, you know, beyond meat and alternative, you know, plant-based meats. And they can work in those factories. I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. People are so scared of change. But, um, you know, there's great changes are happening. So, um thinking about my friend you know some of the conversations that that we hear they've had what have been some sort of standout moments for you at your vigils you know are there any kind of uh standout sort of conversations or um just just real standout moments for you well we've had you know some mentioned we've had like ex-employees come and stand with us and bear witness with us which has been really interesting um Certainly, like when Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor for the SAG Awards, and then immediately came to the vigil still in his tuxedo, that was very a very cool, you know, thing. And uh, you know, people have said, "Oh, well, it's hero worshiping that Joaquin is no better than any other vegan activist." And that's true. Joaquin is no better than you know than any, we're all equal. We're all the same. But let's not forget that Joaquin Phoenix is the biggest actor in the world. And therefore has a much, you know, like it or not, has a much louder voice than we do. And we need loud voices in animal in animal rights movements. So it's not really hero worship. It's, you know, I'm very thankful that we have people like him, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. I wish I wish we had that. We need we were just saying this morning, we need people like Joaquin, like uh Billy Eilish, like um Lewis Hamilton, like all of those big names that are speaking up. We wish we had somebody like that you know over here because yeah it gets it out there you know it makes people realize this is not okay this is happening and we're doing something about it so yeah, as these people have that spotlight and yeah when he gave his speech you know i was just oh. blown away that you know he was like straight away directed straight at you know helping the animals and yeah as you say you know there's no better of than anyone but he's using his limelight in the correct way uh well in what i believe is correct but yeah it's that awesome was the best Oscar speech I've ever heard. I know that I'm, you know, being a vegan, I, you know, I maybe, but I, I still think it's the best Oscar speech I've, I've ever heard. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, he's, and just, just being there, it doesn't matter who he is, the fact that he's there, you know, he's, he's doing it and he's doing it for the animals. It's, it's yeah. just fantastic. So. And, you know, a lot of people have come to vigils just because Joaquin might be there and that's fine with me. 
whatever gets to you there, you know, because if, if they care about animals and they're there, they're going to come back. You know, I don't care why they came. I don't care if they came to meet Joaquin Phoenix or Moby or, or any of the other, you know, celebrities that come to the, the LA Animal Safe Vigil. They're, they're there. That's what's important. Yeah. So um, one thing is, so after you've done the vigil for the night, you know, and you, you start to head home, what's it like in the aftermath of such a, an intense event? Like, how do, you, how do you get to sleep that night? How do you settle down after it? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a concern that a lot of people have. And I've been asked about that, especially in terms of like, working with Sean and filming animals being slaughtered on kill floors and things. And um, ultimately the answer comes down to, I can sleep at night because I was there. Mm. I can sleep at night because I care, and I, but caring for me wasn't enough. So I turned caring into action. And uh, so I won't lie and say that there aren't ever sleepless nights and that, you know, from being in slaughterhouses, there isn't, you know, that I don't have PTSD or whatever you want to call it, you know, but because I did something about it. And I wasn't worried about the results, so I was just worried about the action. That's how I'm able to sleep at night. And then I wake up and do it again because I know I have more work to do, so. Oh, that's amazing, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when we first got in touch with you and um, you've got a, a photo that you shared recently of your very first vigil, and I can't get that out of my mind, you know? So, it. Um, it really captures what I perceive to be the reality anyway. It, it gives an idea of what to expect and, and who you're there for and why you do it. So, you know, I saw that image and I was like, right, this is something, you know, more people need to be doing. So um, as an event organizer, you've obviously, you know, you're pretty old hand at this now, you've got things pretty down pat. So, um, you know, what advice or resources can, you sort of uh, recommend for, for people to either, you know, if they want to attend a vigil or start one up in their area, you know, um, like I said, you, you guys have got things so well organized, you've got a great relationship with the authorities and that kind of thing. So, you know, what can other people learn from you or people that want to start one in their area or, or just get along to one? Where, yeah, how do they go about doing it? <laughs> if you go to like, if you go to the Animal Safe Movement website, you can look and see if there is a chapter near you. There's almost 900 chapters worldwide, so there's a good chance that there is one around you, unless you know there are some of the smaller countries that we haven't. But if, if you want to, you can go to our website and you can learn about how you can start one yourself. You can register and become an actual chapter of the Safe Movement. But I think most importantly, it is to understand. And I'm not I'm not saying that one way works better than the other, but I've found in terms of creating relationships that uh, make it make it able for us to prosper as, a, as an animal rights group is to be a love-based movement. You know, if we, if we go there and we're creating disruption, we're creating problems, we're yelling at everybody, they're not going to want us to come back. But because we were there and we, we maintained a, a level of respect for everybody, for the police and for the workers, and said, we're not here because of you. We're not upset with you. We have no hate for you. You know, we're here for the animals and that is it. And, you know, if you say that this is illegal and we can't do this, we will find a way to make it work without doing that, you know. And that way they see you coming. They're like, oh, no, here, they're, they don't get upset that this group is coming. Like, oh, we're going to have all these problems tonight. They say, no, they're okay. They, they stay out of our way. You know, they, they do their own thing and they have never caused us any problems. I think that's the best way to go about doing it. Because spreading awareness is important. But we also, 
our, our goal as activists is also to create new vegans. And uh, to do that, we have to, they have to hear our message. And to hear our message, we have to be willing to say, I will sit and listen to everything you have to say. And I will hear everything you have to hear objectively. Because if we don't do that, they won't do the same for us. And when you do disruptions, it makes it very difficult. And that, again, that's just my opinion. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong or that, you know, disruptions, you know, we shouldn't be doing them. I'm not saying any of that. I don't like the whole, um, this is the veganist vegan best way to do it. You know, I, there's too much of that going on in this community and we don't need to fight with ourselves anymore. Yeah. I'm just saying in my experience, this has worked very well for us. Well, thank you so much for that. And th this is the whole point of um, this series is to try and explore different people's ways of doing it and how they go about it and how they find success with that. And um, yeah, not being one way to be an activist. You know, there's so many spokes to this wheel. And as long as they all come to us uh, creating a better world for the animals and ourselves by chance from it, it's... Um, it's all that good work that's um, making a better place. Absolutely. Um, I was just wondering, with the, as Gareth was talking about the the aftermath and how you feel and, and you know, um, yeah, how you cope, how you sleep afterwards. You know, for for new activists, um, I was sort of wondering, is there somewhere they can go? What you know, what if people aren't coping? Are, are there ways that they can be supported through this? You know, I get, I would imagine that what you guys go through is hugely personal, intense, and you know, life-changing, special, whatever you want to call it, experience, you know. Um, do people have that support if, the, if they need it, you know? Absolutely. And that's very important. And, like, for the first thing I say is find an outlet for because you're going to be angry. It's impossible not to get angry, especially after your first few times. So find an outlet for your anger, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's going to the gym or, you know, like I, I've been boxing ever since I was a kid, so I go, I box. Um, but then I also, uh, I, I love reading poetry, you know, because if it was just boxing, that's just, even though it's a good way of getting my testosterone out, it's still an angry event, you know, so I also read poetry. But then all, the most important is community. It's finding people, whether it means, you know, finding an animal sanctuary that you can visit sometimes and go to and you can see and be reminded what you're working for. And just having a community of people around you who understand what you're going through because they suffer with you. That I, I like, I, there's nothing more important than that because as human beings, we are, we are tribal and we like community and we thrive in communities. And when we feel supported by a community, we can do so much more. So I think finding your community is, is the most important thing. Even if it means like five of you guys who go to a, a sanctuary, just, you know, like once or twice a month or, you know, once a week, that's, that's, it's so important. Definitely. You have, have that heartwarming time to it as well. You know, we, we need to remember that the world is still a good place. There are beautiful things and beautiful people still happening in the world, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, well, to finish on um, a lighter note as well, um, is there any projects or anything like that that you're currently working on, you know, with, because um, I understand you're still working on another film with Sean at the moment? Yeah, we've been been working on a project for a few years now and it's it's been changed over the years it started out as one, one thing uh right now it's, it's the title is agitators and it's about different people that are sort of agitators or changing the industry from an economic standpoint uh which is an interest because we haven't seen i at least i haven't seen that story told before um so i think there is it's not going to be the um the suffering like torture fest of earthlings 
So people like don't have to worry about that. There is going to be some of that in there. We have filmed that already, but not not it won't will not take up most of the film. Uh, so we still have we're still a, maybe a year away to be finished with it, but uh, it's it's going to be really interesting. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait. Yeah, we'll keep an eye at it. And, uh, you know, good things take time. You know, that's that's how uh, they get to be the best that they can be. Definitely. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, I really am quite excited about that. I always love seeing another angle to it, you know, and uh, another tool for us to use for change. And um, uh, is there anywhere that we can follow more for updates on that or anywhere you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you follow, like, uh, LA Animal Save on Instagram or Earthlings Film on uh, Instagram. Uh, we haven't officially announced um, like the trailer or anything like that. There has been a trailer, but it's just for fundraising purposes right now. Uh, so, but we hopefully we'll be announcing something soon. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. We'll keep an eye out. And for people that haven't visited the website before, I had a look, and there is so much helpful information about vigils you know where to start how to go about it and and just answering a lot of questions that people have so um you know it's a it's an excellent website I can really uh, recommend that and yeah really looking forward to uh, hearing more about your project it's awesome yeah thank you this well, is a really great project i'm excited about this well thank you so much for being part of it and uh, giving us a bit of an insight into vigils and um Definitely, you know, really uncovering a lot of that, that fear and unanswered questions. And, you know, there are so many people out there that see these things and be like, oh, I really want to do something. I really should do something. But what if I get too sad? What if someone's nasty to me? I do hear people say, I would go, but I'm just a very emotional person. We're, we're all very emotional people. Everyone individual is emotional. That's why we're vegans. That's why we're activists. Um, so you're not alone if, if that's what you're feeling. And you, you won't be alone when you're there either. Absolutely. No, it's, um, it's like you say, it's about that undeniability. Um, and just, and, and just remembering why you're there, you know, you're, yeah. you're there for them, you're there for the animals. And um, no, it's, it's something, you know, what you're doing is just amazing. And I'm so glad to, to you and all of you for, for doing that and for setting such an example across the world as well. So um, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this interview. We hope you found it informative and entertaining. To learn more about Bobby's work, find him on Instagram at Bobby Sud. Bobby continues to inspire the vegan FTA team and we hope he inspires you too. Once again, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms for future episodes. This has been Vegan FTA. Vegan for the animals.